<laughs> so uh, thanks for listening to the last one, if you did. If you did, then you will know that this is the second part of our two-part special on 90s divorce capers. But not only that, this is also part one of our Jim Carrey trifecta. We're smashing two formats together at the speed of light, people. And what are the other two Jim Carrey blockbusters we've got so, coming our way? Uh, glad you asked me that, Jeff. They are... <laughs> I, I am wondering. I don't think... <laughs> that was stilted. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I reckon all, all anyone would need is two guesses. Do you want to guess? The number 13. Mr. Popper's A man on the moon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his love letter to Emma. Fuck, I'm making this listen to yeah, it. They'll get, they'll, they'll get it. Yeah. Ciao. We're going to share what our parents do for work. My mom's a teacher, and your dad. He's a liar. <laughs> you mean he's a lawyer? Hello, and welcome to another episode of Reviews from the Closet, the bi-weekly film podcast where we take a peep into a film. From the 80s, the 90s, or perhaps even the noughties. My name is Rudy, and with me as always is a lovely little Aussie. Is that me? Yep. It is Jeffrey Kitt here. Hello. How you doing? Good, thank you. Yep. Any news? No news. Move on. Uh, and a lovely little Irish cherub. Hello. Hello. How you doing? <laughs> My name is Roisin. How you doing, Roisin? Thanks for I introducing me. I call her me. Irish cherub. She has no name. <laughs> Irish cherub one. <laughs> Irish chair have been left. It will be on the credits in canon. <laughs> uh, I'm doing very well, Rudy. Thank you. I'm happy to be back mm-hmm. with you boys. It's, mm. um, well, we've had our Christmas break and uh-huh. our New Year's break and a little bit of a break even after those things. So, um, yeah, it's nice that we're all back in the same habitat. Mm. And me? How am I doing? <laughs> Rudy, how are you doing? Not good. No, <laughs> tell me. Just I ache. <laughs> you ache every I'm not day anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah, you had a an important day recently. Did I? Your birthday. Your birthday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah. I've recently just turned a significant age. Do you want to share with the listeners? Uh, would you say I have fallen in gracefully into my mid thirties? Yeah, and you've bypassed the Jesus age. Yeah, I made more it. importantly, yeah. <laughs> You made it. Um, you made it to the, the mid thirties without being sacrificed on the cross for our sins. Well, with a plum. So congrats. Yeah. Although you have a very Jesusy beard right now, which I'm I'm getting behind. Yeah, you're liking that. Jesus was known to have a puby-like beard. Yeah. So, as as said in scripture. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're my lamb of God, Rudy. <laughs> you're my lamb of pubes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is venturing into blasphemous territory, so let's move on. I reckon the year, and that year is nineteen. 19- 97 or as wikipedia accurately states the eighth year of the 1990s the 97th year of the 20th century or the 997th year of the second millennium but it's actually not though because you don't start at year one you start year zero take it up with the all-encompassing all-knowing omnipresent wikipedia man of 97 fine i will who even writes 97 the entry for 97 many people it's Wikipedia. But they, they pick, they, yeah, but they pick a year and like today on Tuesday, the 7th of January, I'm going to write the opening intro for 1997. I mean, that's the beauty of it. There's got to be someone out there in the world who, who knows does. everything about, about 7th of January. Well, well kudos to them because they had a lot to be passionate about. First, uh, south of the border for you, Roisin, in the little Republic of Ireland. Mexico. <laughs> Mexico, uh, I think they legalized divorce a little bit earlier, but in 97, Republic of Ireland legalized divorce really yes Hmm. how do you feel about that what about gay divorce well no that's (laughs) that's still not allowed a step too far no they they, they've legalized divorce but not marriage (laughs) 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 we gave you what you wanted (laughs) uh and we're going to probably touch back on divorce in one moment with the film of today no um also in 97 dolly the sheep who we've talked extensively on this podcast about friend of the podcast friend uh, of the show dolly the parton <laughs> like a clone Dolly the Parton. They successfully cloned <laughs> Dolly the Parton. Dolly the Parton in 1997. Um, no, they they successfully cloned a sheep in February, and then in March, a newly inaugurated president, Bill Clinton, <laughs> stepped up and said, 
No funding human cloning. I love that's where everyone's head automatically went to. Right. They had to step in and say, oh my God. It would. If they cloned a sheep, fucking hell. Yeah, well, a sheep is basically a human. It is. Named Dolly Parton. (laughs) Dolly the Parton. (laughs) (laughs) No more Dolly Partons. We will not put any more public funds into into Dolly the Parton. (laughs) She's a multi-platinum selling (laughs) singer-songwriter. That was the platform of Bill Clinton. Um, And that's essentially... 97. Thanks for the intro there, Jeff. No that, worries. And that was so efficient. God, it's efficient. We're up to five minutes. Oh, God. We are ripping through oh, this potty. It wasn't that bloody efficient. You could have been a bit quicker. <laughs> Took your time. <laughs> anyway, so the, the film that we are reviewing today came out in 97. Mm-hmm. I remember it very vividly from that year. I had it on VHS. I rented it about the same time as Armageddon. Ooh. And I can tell you which one I liked better. This one. Was it maybe Face Off, which was also the same year? No? And Face Off, but I didn't have it on VHS until uh, a lot later. Yep. But no, this film is a, it was a real treat for me to rewatch. It's a comedy classic, and it is Liar, Liar. But let's set the scene for how the film starts. Act one. We're in a school. We get introduced to a little boy, little Max uh, Reed. Uh, he's asked what his father does for a living, and he says, he's a liar. But he actually means a lawyer. Hmm. So that kind of sets the tone for the whole movie. The protagonist is one Fletcher Reed, played by Jim Carrey. And Fletcher immediately, when the film starts off, he we see him just lying to people from the very off. That's Mm -hmm. his whole character, is he's just a bit of an arsehole. So he refuses money to a beggar on the street. He sees his secretary's new hairdo. She's got like spikes sticking mm. out of her head. Yeah, what the Yeah, and who would ever... <laughs> who, what that? He says like, oh, well, that's the thing these days. That was, was never the thing. Yeah, was that thing. a style? That was no. never the thing. Not even Missed in 97. Although, although like, they're all instances of him actually being a good guy. Right. Not He's, hurting people's feelings. Mm. That's like the noble lie in my mind. The white lie. Yeah, the white lie. Well, quite, but are any lies really noble lies? Are we getting into philosophy? Mm, a little yes. bit. Yeah. Well... Rudy, I'll tell you what's not a noble lie, and mm. that's lying to your five-year-old son. Yeah, that's not a noble lie. Who <laughs> loves you because you're <laughs> Jim Carrey. Fletcher is working as a lawyer, and part of his job is that he lies. He's well-renowned as a lawyer who lies to get the job done. But he gets results, damn it. But he gets the friggin' results. That leads into another part where they're discussing the details of a case and they need a lawyer who can lie because it's a case that's going to be impossible to win without lying at this law firm. A little vixen called Miranda Mm. calls Fletcher into the case hoping to get his advice and he is introduced to Samantha Cole who is played by a Rennie Zellweger big-bosomed woman. (laughs) With a husky voice. She isn't Renee Zellweger, but I can see where you're going with that. She, though. she really, really, seems really like looks her. like her. Yeah. So the the bones of the case are basically that she has cheated on her husband a bunch of times. Seven. 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 After all that, your husband wants to deny you a fair share of the marital assets based on one single act of indiscretion. Seven. Pardon me? Seven single acts of indiscretion. She's had seven indiscretions. <laughs> seven single acts of indiscretions. Seven single acts of indiscretions. And he's now suing her for divorce and he wants to get custody. Well, it's the prenup, the isn't it? She wants it's more cash, but the prenup says, mm. no, if you're unfaithful, see you later. Nothing. Exactly. Better luck next time. Fletcher, being the confident lawyer that he is, basically convinces her that she is entitled to so much more than what she's after. She's the victim here. She's the victim because... His, his, the husband's neglect drove her into the arms of another man. Seven. <laughs> she's got that Harvey Firestein vibe, which I really like in a woman, personally. And she always wears the same thing, which is a lime green, like, trouser suit. Yeah. Yeah, she's like a cartoon character. With, with boobs just popping mm. out. Don't know if you guys noticed, but this is another very booby movie of the mm. 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank God. Boobs were just so in vogue in the late 90s. One note about that scene that I love is when he interpolates Tina Turner's Rolling on the River. Right. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah, what it is? yeah he, he says... Um, where would Tina be if she rolled over and said, hit me again, Ike, and put some spank on it? <laughs> put some spank on it. Rolling on the river, that's where she'd be. 
I love that line because I had no idea what rolling on the river was. And then right. one night I heard it at a club and I was like, oh, liar, liar. Oh, it's the liar, liar song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. That's the first indication that you get that this is going to be just like a harebrained, out of the box performance <laughs> so from Jim Carrey. Yeah. And from the, like, the start of the film, he just like keeps with that same energy. But what about Fletcher's family life what's mm. going on there so we know he's got he's got a little boy little maxi he's got a little ex-wife <laughs> little audrey <laughs> called audrey little audrey audrey is going out with a man called jerry jerry played by kerry Ulysses. Ulysses. ulysses jerry ulysses the fame kerry ulysses Kerry Jerry Ulysses. <laughs> so Kerry Ulysses One of the plays of Jerry Ulysses, <laughs> uh, the eponymous stepfather. He's a very classic 90s stepfather. Mm, for sure. He is so well-meaning. He has so much love to give this woman and her little boy, even though they've only been dating for seven months and it's only semi-serious. But they're definitely having sex. But they're definitely having sex because that is clarified. But... Of course, we're not rooting for this nice guy. Mm. We want the dickhead to win the day. Well, of course, Jerry needs a bit more edge, like... Look at what Dad got me! Whoa, great! Hey, great gift, Dad! Thanks, son. I'm so glad my gift could bring those two together. Yeah, he needs, a, like, a rejection to toughen up a little bit. He's a guy? wet blanket. Yeah. I think in a later scene... Uh, Fletcher is talking to Audrey and he's like, yeah, but isn't he kind of... Magoo, magoo. She's like, yes. Okay, sometimes he is a little... Magoo, yes, okay, fine. <laughs> Which is the perfect way to describe him. He, he's just magoo. He really uh, has a lot of affection to give Max and to give the family, but he is the object of ridicule for, for Fletcher and doesn't really deserve any respect from Fletcher at all. There's this, just him being in the film leads to this point of contention where he's trying to whisk Audrey away. And so there is the threat that Fletcher might lose his son if he doesn't shape mm, up. Mm, that gives it some jeopardy, doesn't it? Exactly. Basically, Jerry being there and comic relief. Yeah, because who really cares about him not being able to lie to win a court case for a day? What we yeah, really care right. about is, is he going to repair the relationship mm. with his son? Is he going to beat this Magoo? Yeah, beat him into next week. At the same time, Fletcher has a high sex drive. Don't we all? This is a very sexy movie. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I've seen every kid's film. Yeah. Like, you literally see uh, Carrie banging his boss in his office. Which I thought constituted sexual harassment. From the boss. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, let's dive into that because the boss also has a very high sex drive. She is the horniest woman yeah. ever. I mean, those like career gals. A-Row. Don't. <laughs> I penciled you in for boning from six to seven. <laughs> Don't be a minute late. <laughs> so the boss comes on to him mm. in a very aggressive mm. way where she like bites his lip. Yeah, right. And then pounces on top of him. Meanwhile, he's made a promise to his little boy that he's going to be at his birthday party. Yeah, it's for, pretty rough. First of all, he forgot to buy him a present and his secretary Greta had to do the dirty and actually get his little do boy the dirty present. and have sex with the, with the woman, <laughs> yeah. the female boss. <laughs> Greta, what are you doing? <laughs> and uh, next, he promises his little boy that he's going to be at his birthday party. But then what can you do? You get seduced by your girl boss and you have to go along with that, I well, suppose. And this is the problem. He had no choice. He's trying to make partner. That's another kind of carrot lo looming over the, the character's head isn't it he wants to impress he wants to win this case he wants to yeah, but get your priorities right but... yeah you're right little max i mean he's got one son mm. he's a div divorced dad step up right exactly this leads to max making a very interesting wish on his birthday mm. just before that though we we see audrey and and jerry talking and jerry's about to move to boston mm. and he he really wants audrey to come with him and uh, they're talking about Fletcher and Jerry's like, well, me, me and the Gipper have a bond too. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's different. He he does the claw. Can we talk about the claw for a Fuck moment? Fuck yeah, unpack that. So the claw, I feel like for any listener, I don't need to explain what the claw is because it's so... If you don't know, stop listening to the stop, podcast. Go and watch the claw. It's so ingrained in popular culture now. 
because I feel like that's the game you play with every child mm. is you pretend that you want to murder them and they love it. But are you a Jerry or a, or a Fletcher? Oh, I mean... Are you are the claw. You I'm, are the claw's going to get you. I'd, I'd like to think I'm a Fletcher, but I'm probably a Jerry. I've She's a career like gal. She can only pencil in five minutes for the claw. <laughs> I've got the limp-fingered claw. Uh, and yeah, Jerry's claw is, is so rubbish. Oh, watch yourself! It's the claw. <laughs> but Carrie's claw. Oh my God, that's Jim, a cl- that's an all-time claw, isn't it? Jim Carrey's claw is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, like, all of his parenting fuck-ups, he's done the claw. Yeah, cancels everything out. Yeah, poor Jerry. He all can't do forgiven. anything right. Yeah. <laughs> Jim literally has one thing. Yeah. He's a he's a cunt. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah, but the he has the thing, claw. The one thing that Jerry can't do is the claw. <laughs> that's what tipped the balance. Yeah. <laughs> well, he does have the claw. You take every other bar. <laughs> for me to move to the other coast well, of this country but well he was banging his boss for a promotion to miss his son's birthday but he has the claw <laughs> but uh, it's quite serendipitous which sets in motion the whole film because what does little Max do Rudy he, once Jim um, doesn't come to his birthday yeah well so upset is he that during the scene where he has to blow out his candles he makes a cheeky little wish and what wish is that at 8.15 on the clock that his dad cannot lie for a whole day Act two. Why would you stop at a day? Well, it was integral to the plot. Oh, <laughs> oh I see. Oh, that makes complete sense. That, that makes complete sense. He was conscious of the third act. <laughs> he knew there only needed to be a resolution. Yeah. What do you think of the fact that this wasn't explained that it came true? Do you like or lump? No, because it kind of went... Bring. There was like... Uh, so there was, there was some mystical uh, percussion... And the, uh-huh. and the wind was blowing against the open window in the curtain. Right. And then it then cuts to Kerry, uh, who suddenly goes, Ooh. That's it. He got a he got a truth shiver and down his he, spine. And he immediately gets truthed by Miranda. Yeah, she asks, she, she tests him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and what does he say to I've had better. <laughs> I've had better. I've had better. So I love that progression of how when he says, I've had better he first is like really annoyed at himself. Yeah, so, he, so he's looking at himself in the mirror like, I've had better. And he feels <laughs> awful about himself. And then by the time he goes to work the next day, he's laughing about it. He's like, I've had better. <laughs> Which is how I feel about every like sexual yeah. mis- uh, mishap. <laughs> mishap. Uh, at first, it's awful. But then after a day, it's quite funny. I've had better. I've had better. He walks into the lift and it's starting to get a little bit peculiar and he realises this isn't just a single mishap. No, no, no. It's a lot more. Well, he walks into the lift and who should be there but another... Booberella. Booberella. Another (laughs) young lady with massive knockers. She looks like she's just walked out of the set of Mad Men. This woman, isn't she? (laughs) She she looks like a porn star. I feel like this woman is like... But she's very doled up from the 60s, kind of like those big boots, those kind of eyeshadow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she says, oh, I'm new to the building and so far everyone's been real nice. (laughs) What does he say, Jess? Well, that's because you got huge jugs. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I mean, is probably the... Maybe she's a really nice girl too, but she does factually have massive jugs which i love the the boundaries of the lie curse or the truth curse right that you can still say things like jugs <laughs> yeah right <laughs> there's some creativity the yeah. truth the truth will let you play with exactly but this is the thing are you're allowed to have that, a turn of phrase these are things that he's thinking and then he has to do because not a moment later he's actually enacting as if he was a 12-month-old baby in need of lactose and he's like enacting in front of her that needs to suck on her tits. <laughs> Do you think the truth curse is he has to tell like an objective truth based on like what the universe would deem as the objective truth? Or he has to tell the truth that he sees in his own subjective no, mind? No, it has to be his truth, right? So, but truth can be subjective as well as objective depending on uh, like your context of the events. Yeah, because later on he says oh, I'm, I'm a bad father, mm. right? Which he doesn't, he then realises that he's a bad father because he said it and so it must mean it's the truth. But he didn't think that he was a bad father before that. Because mm. well, he was about to say, I'm a good father. The intention of the curse is for the dad to realise the error of his ways. So I would presume, you know, there are objective truths like the huge knockers. Mm. But- no, 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 I'm saying, but that, because <laughs> because that, that by itself is quite reductive. So is the film saying that 
it's the objective truth that people are being nice to Herbic only because she's got big boobs. Mm. Or is that oh. how Kerry sees it as the truth? Do you understand? Yes. Otherwise, so one is quite different than the other. Because one is like pretty reductive and a bit sexist. And the other is just, well, that's just what Kerry would think because he's a bit of a pig. Right. Because if if it was the objective truth, that's mm. a huge like, superpower. Like, a, like, a uni- like the universal truth. He knows yeah. everything. Exactly. Yeah. So he becomes almost like an oracle. <laughs> yeah. but, but the only way he can like, but the only way he can impart his wisdom is like forcibly through like being confronted in these situations. If someone asks him a question. Yeah. If like a police officer slows him down and asks him why he's speeding. Do you think that's going to be the uh, sequel of Liar Liar? Yeah. He's an oracle <laughs> living in a cave because, like, waiting for people to because, ask him questions. Because when he gets stopped by the policeman for example <laughs> what is love <laughs> baby do not hurt me <laughs> i think for the narrative arc to work it's just kerry's subjective Kerry's take on it <laughs> it has <laughs> to be i really like that take on it and i would like to see the sequel where it's liar liar the, the oracle, oracle of time yeah. <laughs> time truth kerry <laughs> liar liar it's, too. A, it's a drama <laughs> So, like, so p- people seek him out to answer their deepest problems. But I feel like why am I unhappy? I feel like that's what Jim Carrey has become in real life. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah. I like his kind of turn into similar to Shia LaBeouf. It's like yeah. performance like an art. house turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love watching. Grow a huge method beard. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Fuck yeah. Profess your love for Emma Stone. No, but he's also gotten really into on the back of dating. Maybe he was even married to Jenny McCarthy. He's a real anti-vaxxer because Jenny McCarthy oh, believes oh, that no. an- okay. like vaccination made yeah. her son autistic. Right. So he's also really against that. That's devastating. Oh, so, that's yeah, a there's shame. a few that's question like, marks. That's for me is the equivalent of finding out someone you like is a Scientologist. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Like back. Let alone yeah, like, an anti-vaxxer Scientologist. This little Aussie cherub. If I found an anti-vaxxer Scientologist, it would cancel one another out. So Fletcher enters the building. Something weird's going on. He, the people that he usually compliments and kind of sweet talks, he now just says exactly what he's thinking of them. He moves swiftly into his office, tries to avoid a phone call from his mum, but he can't. Uh, And then he realises this is going to put his case in in serious jeopardy. They're seeing the judge at two. They're seeing, I think it's at 1.30 now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Apologies. Come on. For someone who's so tight for time. <laughs> Jesus. What's half hour? Half hour here, half hour there. Uh, and this is where the panic really starts to set in because he realizes he cannot win this case if he can't lie. And it's the case that's going to make or break his career, essentially. And he he does an experiment where he tries to write something down. He tries to he gets a a blue pen, tries to say the pen is blue, but it won't come out. So he tries to or he tries to say the pen is red. It's a blue pen. He tries to write it down and just ends up mm, I like, yeah, covering, I like, yeah. covering his head <laughs> with the word blue. So, so it's just like the more you fight it, the more it fights exactly. back. Like it's, it's almost like sentient. Yeah. Like a sentient spirit. At yeah. that point, because his hand is like yeah, moving yeah, yeah. on yeah, its own accord. Yes. And he's like, write it or I'll break it yeah, off. Yeah. <laughs> As if it's a separate entity to him. <laughs> the color of the pen that I hold in my hand is blue. Ah! Which at that point I was thinking, how powerful is Max's curse? Yeah, yeah, this five-year-old boy has... he is, it's, it's taken on physical form. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love this turn from Jim though. I think this is one of my favourite scenes of the film because it's so physical and it just reminded me of why Jim was so big in the, in the 90s. He got 20 million for this film. And it's because he can do things that no one else can. Can you imagine anyone else doing that? It's just such a... Like, he was given full reign to just go complete madcap yeah. physical with it, as uh, as all of his roles in the 90s so were. So I would say in the 70s, John Cleese could have done a similar uh, turn. Yes. Similar. I reckon in, like, a, a British version of, of that type of thing. Maybe what I'm comparing it to, though, is today. Like, could you do this today in a comedy? I feel like comedy now is just all meta and self-referential. Mm. Like... Is there much room for super physical, like, like, physical yeah, yeah, Yeah. like, as you said, it's really like, uh, like slapstick as well. It's a very slapstick film. Oh, that's true. 
Um, but he he loses the battle with the pen. The pen is stronger than the sword. Exactly. And he emerges from the back of his desk with the word blue all over his face, right? The pen is blue. And you know what this reminded me of? Have you guys seen the number 13? Yes. The, I think it's 2007 yeah. Jim Carrey vehicle. Really where he goes into like, yeah, thriller, psychological thriller territory. It was a weird turn which, for which him. Which is what all comedy actors go into. Uh-huh. Right. Like Robin Williams went into like psychological yeah, thriller territory. Yeah, right. And they yeah. need to prove themselves, yeah, basically. Because that, that's such a great breakout series role for someone but right. I love that the concept of this film and I probably need to rewatch it is that the number 13 is spooky <laughs> <laughs> that is a great concept that's the pitch the elevator pitch my spine right, is chilled is. <laughs> god one and three together that is fucked up <laughs> a 90 minute film please <laughs> uh, he immediately tries to get help from his ex-wife mm. gives her a ring uh, let's slip that um, he he was up all night having sex, <laughs> which is why he couldn't come to Max's birthday. But she, he did it because he thought he could get a promotion. <laughs> yeah, he only did it because he thought that he, cancels it out. Uh, at the same time, he lets slip that he didn't give his secretary a raise because he was basically too selfish. So she quits on the spot. I really love her uh, like morals. In that yes, mm. yeah. I love her as an actress. Because Who is she? She's, she's also. Mrs. D as well. In Mrs. Darkfire. Ah, who is she? Mrs. Selner. Ah, uh, you're right. <laughs> Mrs. Selner. Yes. The woman who comes around to his house and he has to put his head in the cake. Yeah. Yeah. Although, um, interesting that she lives by her morals so strongly in that scene. But she comes... Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, she worked for that business for however many years, yeah, right. being a PA to a real scumbag. And lying to his mother yeah, all the time. Yeah. Doing his bidding, well, basically. It's, it's not really morals, it's that she asked for a raise and then she yeah, discovered that he didn't I guess, didn't like out of, out of principle, you no, would be like, undone. But then yeah. she does back it up with an anti-lawyer story. But it's interesting that's, that yeah, she so was okay, pushed so to yeah, the brink. That's that my it's point. because yeah. she personally didn't get her own raise and what yeah. she wanted. Yeah, yeah, so maybe yeah, she's yeah. a right old batty bitch. Oh, she's out for herself, clearly. Mm. Yeah. yeah, she's ruthless. She she's needs, the most a, bit of, she needs a bit of truth serum, doesn't she? Oh, I'd love to see a sequel with her. As get well. on her, Max. Get on her. It would be really horrible, probably. <laughs> Your father <laughs> doesn't love you. It would be really sad. <laughs> Fletcher then goes into court, and this is where the fun really starts. Mm. Because he can't lie. So in place of lying, <laughs> again, it's this weird curse. It makes him it makes him do all kinds of facial contortions. Yeah. Taking physical it form. makes Jim Carrey be really 90s Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah. It makes him be the most Jim Carrey that he's ever been. Uh, and it's, it's quickly evident that it's not going to go well in the courtroom. Uh, his client is wondering what's wrong with him. The judge is immediately not impressed. And he asks for a continuous. I, I learned so many legal. I learned yeah. so many legal terms from this movie. A continuance. I learned prenuptial agreement yeah. from this movie. Uh, Lawyer. Lawyer Lawyer. Wedding I think it's French (laughs) The practice of removing weeds from one's lawn Um, Just a quick uh, note So good judge trope Like world weary judge yeah, like when is a judge right, never right. just like world weary? He's fed up. fed up with everything. Always yeah. fed up. Like why? Why do they ever get so beaten out of them? They they all act like that as a judge. Well, it would be weird seeing a judge with a real zest for their job. No, right? well, yeah, someone that's always on, like a real motivational talker <laughs> judge. Judge Judy. Mm. She's more abusive though. Yeah, <laughs> she's, lazy. she's like Gordon Ramsay of judges. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly oh, what yeah. she is. <laughs> Let me get this straight. You parked the fucking car. <laughs> Yeah, they should make her R-rated. That would really spice up the show. Oh, I would love that. Like, Judge Judy Springer. Have the bailiff with, like, nipple tassels. I was going to say, yeah, like, topless. (laughs) It's like, uh, topless Judge Judy. For some reason, there has to be nudity in it. Like, uh, the the nude news? What was that program that was really famous? Uh, So there was, on on UK TV in the 90s, there was... Uh, topless weather girls. Like Wait, on just network TV? On cable. On like this ah, really budget yeah, cable yeah, yeah, television right. channel, which then went bust. <laughs> he decides that the only way he's going to get out of this, he needs to see his wife. And he just imme- always goes to his kind of, frankly, quite boring wife. Oh, she's homely though. I like her. 
She's all right. Or well, and like she's straight up she, with him, and she still loves him as well. Yeah, and, and she he still, still loves her. I think they still love the, their marriage didn't work, which is kind of quite sweet because he was cheating on her yeah. all the time. Well, and it's like <laughs> is it's that got, confirmed? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, she no, he, she says the problem is you were having sex a lot more often than I was. No, uh, that was a joke that he was orgasming when she wasn't. No, you're no. reading too deep into that, Jeff. Oh no, and then he, I think so. I don't think so. No, he was cheating on her. I'm gonna time. go home and watch this. I think it was that he was coming and she just wasn't getting anything that's out of it. No, Jeff, that's the really? stretch. That's a stretch. That's a real stretch. All right. Well, for any listeners out there who agree, please unless, tweet at me. Unless she said, quite often you finish before I've had the chance to even begin to start enjoying myself. <laughs> <laughs> Then that's not the then case. Then that would be confirmed. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's in the director's cut, that line. Uh, Fletcher drives to see Audrey, his homely wife. Also says he's got like no one else in his life. Quite sad. Right. The, the only person he's got to confide in is his ex-wife. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, Who's just had enough of him. Yeah, yeah. Who's had so little, well, had, had enough of him that she's gone into the arms of Jerry. Jerry, yeah. Someone who is the anti-Kerry. Mm. Anti-Kerry Jerry. Even though he's called Kerry in real life. <laughs> God. Jim Carrey Ools. It's a mindfuck. He drives towards her and as he does, because he's he's so panicked in every scene of this movie. He he speeds, he crosses red lights, he almost runs over someone, and unfortunately he gets stopped by a policeman and he because he's incapable of lying, he says all this to the policeman. Here goes. I sped. I followed too closely. I ran a stop sign. I almost hit a Chevy. I sped some more. I failed to yield at a crosswalk. I changed lanes in the intersection. I changed lanes without signaling while running a red light and speeding. He shows all his parking tickets. Yeah, shows all his unpaid parking tickets. Which again, like, he's being an oracle here because he he knew all (laughs) of his violations. And he listed off about 10. There's no way you could memorize that. Mm, um, That's oracle. He's an oracle. He's telling the universal truth. Not the truth as he sees it. Mm-hmm. Well, Sorry, something yeah. something else that the Oracle is trying to contend with is that he's only got 24 hours and he's got two meetings at the courtroom. He's got to go across town to see his wife. He's got to go back to the DMV. He's got to go see his son at the school. Oh, my God. Yeah, this Jesus. is stressful. Yeah. No, no wonder what he's in a rush. Afternoon? Yeah. <laughs> this is the craziest afternoon for him. He's going to have a nervous breakdown after God. this movie. Uh, he, b- about your thing about the Oracle, mm. I think it's everything that he knows whether it's subconscious or conscious so i think subconsciously he would know all the right. all the speeding stuff and him crossing red lights it's like psychoactive drugs it unlocks parts of your brain that you yeah. forgot were even there yeah, exactly yeah. he's on he's on a higher functioning level at this moment in time yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's working on another <laughs> side yeah. jim carrey is very high functioning <laughs> <laughs> there's one thing i'll say about jim carrey high functioning <laughs> uh that leads to him having to get Audrey to come and pay for the... Uh, old, over a thousand bucks. The old, yeah. the old doormat Audrey. She protests too much, I would say. Yeah, she, she bloody does it, but like... Has, she's a friggin' doormat though, you're right. Has her say and just does it anyway. Yeah. Come on. Audrey then lets slip what, pretty, be- <laughs> what becomes a vital piece of information. A major plot point <laughs> slips from her lips. Uh, that this time last night, little Max was making a wish that for just 24 hours, just for one day, his father couldn't tell a lie. And it takes Fletcher about 10 seconds to realize (laughs) that that's why all this is happening. He waves her off. (laughs) (laughs) How strange he would say that. (laughs) Oh, kids are so cute, aren't they? They say the darndest things. Oh my God, that's it. I'll go to the school right now. So post haste, he gets off to the school, drives there in his scratch car, and he calls little Maximilian out of class, brings him like a birthday cake and tries to recreate. It's funny. Mm, I'd probably do that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But also, wouldn't you test out this boy to see what else he can do? This boy. (laughs) He's a magic boy. Yeah, I'd I'd probably, I'd actually, I'd skip a step and say, can you wish that I win the case? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. right. Can you wish that I suck on those big jugs? Look, Max, there were some big jugs I saw in the elevator. (laughs) Do me a solid, okay? (laughs) And I promise, promise I'll be there just six. He doesn't actually question anything his son's done, does he? He just goes straight to the case. But to be fair, that's all selfish care he cares about. Right, exactly. If if it's something that he cares about, he's there in a fucking Mm. instant. And and nor did he like... 
inquire as to how his son was feeling and why he made that wish. No. Nothing right. nothing like his emotions. Look, no, can, you un, can you undo the wish? That's yeah. for the third act. Yeah, I know. Closure, I know, I know, isn't know, it? Know, it yeah. is quite strange how quick he moves and yet he's late to everything. <laughs> Reminds, Reminds me, me of a certain somebody. A <laughs> yeah. uh, friend of the podcast, if you're listening. Uh, so Max tries to undo the wish. The wish that was. Max tries to undo the wish, but... Because he doesn't really mm. feel like when he's it. he's faking it. Yeah, when he's faking it. <laughs> I can tell you're faking it. <laughs> oh, Max, put some feeling into it. Just like your mother, and that's why she divorced me. <laughs> to clarify the ambiguity of the previous line. <laughs> I'm actually certain that's why they divorced, but hey, I won't go back on uh, an old ground here. Well, do you think they divorced because Gary was a selfish liar? Because she wasn't coming enough, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and he was working too much yeah <laughs> max doesn't do it carrie realizes not Ma- the jerry who's carrie it's <laughs> carrie who plays Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> the, the carrie who plays fletcher realizes that he can't get out of this he can't undo the wish and he also gets a, a bit of a stern talking to from Max because... <laughs> it's, a sh- it's a shame when your five-year-old son is yeah. sitting on the straight and narrow. <laughs> sits you down and gives you a talking to. Uh, he, yeah, he says that uh, uh, Fletcher is the only one who makes him feel bad when he lies. Mm. And this is the start of the resolution of the plot where Fletcher realizes he kind of maybe lying all the time isn't so much of a good thing. Fletcher returns to the courtroom. He knows he's in... Deep shit, because he can't lie. Did I clarify that? (laughs) I I was a bit unsure there. Okay. He uh, tries to think of all these excuses, and then it comes to him. Would the court be willing to grant a short bathroom break? (laughs) It's a stroke of genius. Off he pops to the bathroom, uh, and he sort of has a moment where he says, how am I going to get out of this? And bangs his head up against the wall, mm. which I felt so many times in, in, in <laughs> the yeah, workplace. In life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always think <laughs> if I could just be struck by a car and get injured mildly, <laughs> that will solve all my problems. <laughs> Until the next deadline. <laughs> um, also, I thought, was this the inspiration for the uh, Fight Club scene? Fight Club. Yeah. Ah, that's beats right. himself up to them. Very, boss. very yeah. similar. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he kicks his own ass. Mm. He really goes for it. He uses a rubber toilet seat. Apparently, Jim Carrey used a rubber toilet seat to like cram mm. his face in between the toilet. Yeah, that's a great shot of his mouth getting crushed. Uh, yeah. This is, for me, one of the best scenes of the whole movie. It's just fantastic. He really goes for it. And then that guy comes in and says, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm kicking my ass. Do you mind? <laughs> what the hell are you doing? I'm kicking my ass do you mind do you think this is quite a, a dishonest act in itself though like he's beating himself up but i guess when he does come back to the courtroom he says it was a madman which exactly is he yeah. says he says it was but, a madman at yeah, the end of his pitiful he was road. doing it for dishonest as you That's say what I mean, purposes, purposes. Yeah. The, it, it was the, in order to create he was creating a ruse which by itself is dishonest. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So maybe... The serum had worn off a little bit by that point. <laughs> right, well, because... It was already 12 hours, you know, the half-life yeah, was yeah, gone. The half-life. <laughs> because before... Because less physical then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, well, yeah, so when Samantha Cole introduces him to her witness, which is the guy that she was... Johnny Turtle. One of, one of the seven <laughs> indiscretions. <laughs> the <laughs> most interesting-looking man <laughs> of the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> What's with his hair? It's like blow-dried up looks- and... And gel to it looks, stay like, in it looks like he runs a Jeep rental service on like Muscle Beach in like Miami, doesn't he? <laughs> he looks like a cube personified. <laughs> when Fletcher asks him a question that is along the lines of, isn't it true that you never had sex with my client? He can't complete the sentence. Right. Which calls into question how he's able to beat himself up mm. and then kind of like dance around the truth. Because yeah. that's interesting. He's not lying, but he's setting someone else he's setting up some- to be dishonest. Exactly. Mm. What is going on with Max? Yeah, Max, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah. He, that he can produce no that. Bounds. At the but, age of five. Oh but basically, the, the curse forces Fletcher to badger the witness into coming out in front of the court to admit that he did indeed hump Samantha Cole's brains out. Right. So now um, Fletcher's really backed into a corner because obviously if you have seven indiscretions and there's evidence and the witness has confessed to it mm. as well. The prenuptial agreement is kind of... Null and void. Ex- well, it's going to go to the father. Correct. And she's going to get an out. But 
he gets another little stroke of genius because she says she's 31, which terrified me because she's only a year older than me and she looks about 45. <laughs> Where's your payout? Yeah, where's my $2.5 million and three kids? You were the victim here, Rasheen. Exactly. (laughs) I'm rolling on the river. He never made you come. (laughs) I pushed you into the arms of another man. Seven. (laughs) (laughs) So Samantha Cole reveals that she's actually 31, which sets off the neurons firing in in, uh, Fletcher's adult brain. He calls her up to the stand. It's quickly uh, revealed that she lied about her age. Mm. Well, she, she lies about her hair color. She lies about her weight, which she says is 105, to which Fletcher says, in yeah, your bra. in your bra. Another boob reference. And then she reveals that she lied about her age to get married, which means she was a minor. So the prenuptial agreement is, as you said, null and but void. But, but, but even still, like, this guy looked, I reckon he was in his like mid-40s. When it cut to the, the estranged husband. Yeah, he's quite a bit older than so her. Maybe 50. So that would mean that he married a 17-year-old who, okay, he believed to be 18, still very young, when he was like 35? Well, we're not here Anyone to debate else? the morals Anyone of this find man. that a little bit weird? <laughs> I mean, again, we're not here to... Look, I'm not a lawyer in the Samantha Cole case. What do you want from me? <laughs> At that point, Fletcher realises he's made a terrible error because Mr. Cole is actually a great father and Samantha Cole is horrible. Yeah, borderline ethics with marrying very young women. Well, (laughs) quiet. You you get what you pay for, really. He realizes then the importance of spending time with his own son, Mm -hmm. but not before he calls into question the judgment of the judge who says, I'm tired and very cranky. (laughs) As all judges are (laughs) in Hollywood. (laughs) It's my permanent state. (laughs) At which point the judge, because he's tired and very cranky, calls him into contempt and gets him shimmied off to jail. Bake him away, I hold myself in contempt. (laughs) Why should you be any different? One more word out of you, Mr. Reed, and I'll hold you in contempt. I hold myself in contempt! Why should you be any different? That's so dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very Hollywood line. (laughs) Exactly. There are a few like very dramatic moments in this, like when when he objects to himself. I object, Your Honor. I move to strike. (laughs) He gets thrown into jail. Who does he call to get him out of jail? None but little lady Audrey. Mm. And Audrey's had enough. She's had enough. She she's moving to Boston with the man she's been dating for seven months who does the claw with one finger. But he makes her come with that clawy finger like clock. Sorry, am I being too graphic there? We've mentioned pubes, (laughs) we've mentioned coming about eight times. When we had a break, Rudy showed us some nudes on his phone. This has been a very sexual podcast, and I I'm charged. Quite frankly, can't handle it anymore. I (laughs) I need need a cold shower. I need a cold shower. Act three. Act three. He uh, then gets bailed out by Greta, who yeah. comes through for strangely enough for no reason. She doesn't really explain it. She actually listed off a, a lot of good reasons to cut ties with this toxic man. Right when we saw her last on screen. So why did she, of her own accord, is bail him a, out? Is that an ex? Um, what's it called, Machina? Ex, uh, a deuce ex Machina. Yeah. yeah, where someone just comes out of the blue to say yeah. the day, and then you never see them again. Usually a chopper. Mm. I would love if Greta, was on, Greta on a got arrived in a chopper, a chopper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Charlie's but angel it's, it's style. She comes on like a leather jumpsuit, yeah. like Lucy. <laughs> he leaves the courthouse with Greta in tow, and uh, realizing that Audrey is going to move to Boston with Jerry, he makes a beeline straight for the bloody airport, straight for LAX. LAX. <laughs> <laughs> so he hijacks this flight of stairs. Uh, which someone's just fixed, which I really like. <laughs> someone's just done the finishing touches to this flight of stairs. And then the he, last lick of paint. It's like it's like he was waiting for them to fix to hijack to fix the error with it, and then immediately hijacks it. So off he goes on the flight of stairs. Meanwhile, Audrey, um, Jerry, and Max are all on the plane, and then he he says, "I love you," 
after he's proposed. <laughs> yeah, he's skipped and a she, few steps here, hasn't and he? And she's shocked. <laughs> she can't believe it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. And then he says, oh, my God, it's Fletcher. No, no, no. This has nothing to do with Fletcher. No, no, it's Fletcher. <laughs> and sure enough, it's Fletcher sh- shimmying beside the plane on this flight of stairs. I mean, this is... This is where it gets ridiculous. This, yeah, is, this is crazy. This is ridiculous. Crazy shit. Everything else up to this point has yeah. been bu- completely believable. <laughs> uh, he shimmies through this flight of stairs. He throws. He takes off his shoe. He throws the shoe at the pilot's. Uh, the pilot says, some idiots hijacked a flight of stairs and they have to stop. After that, the, we cut to him lying in a, on a hospital on a stretcher. It's, well, it's nighttime, yes. which actually makes sense. It would be a few hours after. He says, great news, Audrey. Both my legs are broken, so they can't arrest me straight away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. Ha- it has fun with how ridiculous it is. Exactly. Um, but yeah, he literally drives to the end of the runway and is catapulted, <laughs> like into no man's he land. He should have died about five times <laughs> in this movie. But it's at this point that we do get a nice resolution. I mean, yeah. the whole action set piece well, was just to give us a nice crescendo. Well, yeah, kind of. So Max goes up to him. They have a real nice heart to heart. Fletcher says he's not going to lie anymore. He loves Max. He's always going to want to spend time with him. Then they realize that he's been able to lie for half an hour. So, right. he, But he uh, is adamant. Everything he says was the truth. And that's really nice. And Max says, Mom, do we have to go to Boston? No, honey, we don't have to go to Boston. Jerry, and, say well, later. fuck Jerry. Mm. Well, I think the penny dropped for Jerry, didn't it? When he said, "I loved you." And uh, why did he wait well, until they're already you. agreeing to move and engaged? <laughs> exactly. Well, I love you. That, that's so Jerry, isn't it? Yeah, that's that Jerry. So he, he was probably Jerry. too meek to say he loved her. The professor's loved her, and he also seems genuinely like disappointed, but also quite happy well, for the I'm, family to be back well, together. Because yeah, he's, he's so meek. Yeah, he's accepting, isn't he? Immediately accepting. Immediately <laughs> accepting. Oh, okay, you go back together with him. <laughs> well, I, on the other hand, do have to go to Boston, so uh, I guess I'll be on my way. We'll Catch never on see the flip each other side. Again. <laughs> I'm glad to have played my part in this love story. It was a good six months of fulfilling sex with you, Audrey. <laughs> Seven. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next scene is uh, a little cut to a well, year later. One year later. One year later, which I always like. It's Max's birthday, so it should be one year and, and uh, it should be 364 days yeah, later, really. The patterns yeah. will say. Um, <laughs> and uh, well, I don't know why I didn't have a, bur- a party this time. Like, why have it no... was, yeah, it was a quiet... Yeah, it was a quiet one. Well, maybe... No, no, just just a, di- just a media family. I don't want a big bash <laughs> <in here. laughs> for my six. <laughs> Close family only. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a bit more than a year later so maybe I'm, I'm done the- with these big parties I don't know how the people here <laughs> Cut the clown <laughs> It's a bunch of phonies <laughs> In the last year I've learned who my real friends are <laughs> He's going through his painful adolescent phase at age six Everyone's fake <laughs> uh, He's about to make a wish on the cake when uh Fletcher stops him and says, wait, are, are we really sure that that's a good idea? And oh, I love this line. Audrey says, oh, come on, Fletcher. What are the chances of that happening again? You don't know the paradigms of the curse. Like, yeah. it was you a don't con- know how powerful your son is. <laughs> oh, that old thing? <laughs> that oh, old curse. I'm sure that won't happen again. Yeah. Uh, what basis do you have for saying that? This is the most unimaginably powerful <laughs> child on the planet. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that won't happen again. He... Uh, Makes a wish, the lights go out. When they come on, Audrey and Fletcher are having a little snog. Mm. He's giving her a big kiss on the lips. They say, Max, did you wish for us to get back together? He says, no, I, I wish for rollerblades. Mm. No rollerblades there, though. Yeah, the power's Le- gone. Leaves clearly. the door open. Yeah, the power's gone. It was only a five-year-old mm. thing. The power's gone, but the family is back. The family's back, baby. Sin Jerry. And that wraps everything up in a nice, neat little, little package. Well, and the claw comes out again. So that was Liar Liar, guys. Fuck, that was. Yeah. First JC. What do we think? Thoughts, opinions? Well, I'll tell you what the critics thought. Higher than I thought, 81%. Me too. On I time. Much on higher than yeah, I'd have thought it'd be like a 60. It was yeah. actually the critics preferred it to the audience. I think huh. the audience was like 75. That's interesting. Mm. Um, I thought the like the ending was quite conventional where they got back together. Yeah. Didn't have the balls of Mrs. D. 
Right. Where it was like, well, they just didn't love one another. They weren't right for one another. And the kids had to adapt. It would have been nice, to be honest, for them not to have had the happy ending. Mm. But I can see why they did that. It wasn't really that that. sort of film. It didn't have that much emotional depth. Exactly. So they needed to add something to the wafer thin plot. And you didn't really, you never got uh, Max's trauma of his parents separating. He seemed fine with the fact um, he was living with separate parents. But he was just pissed off with his dad constantly letting him down. So they um, actually didn't really need the resolution of them getting back together. Yeah, because the, the child it wasn't, wasn't integral to yeah, the plot. Yeah, and he wasn't hurt by it, mm. seemingly. Something I thought was interesting is that Jim Carrey declined the role of Dr. Evil from Austin Powers to take this movie. No I, fucking yeah. way. Yeah, so initially that, yeah. it wasn't going to be one of Mike Myers' dual roles or triple roles I'm or multiple glad, roles. I'm kind of glad that didn't happen though. Mm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Dr. Evil, is, oh, yeah, as is. One for the ages. Delicious. Um, but no, I think... This is the first Jim Carrey film I've rewatched in a while. And I remember why, as a child, I loved him so much. Like, I love just his rubber face and his commitment to performance. Mm-hmm. It's just a joy to watch. And uh, I think this film stood up for me. I really, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. One of the better rewatches that I've had on this podcast, I'd say. Really enjoyed this one. Nice. Yeah, the majority of them have been rubbish. Trash. Mm-hmm. But no, I do have such... Jurassic Park. I have, absolute I have such yeah. a soft spot for Jim Carrey that it definitely clouded my judgment on the rewatch, but what can I say? I love him. Yeah. Rudy? Yeah, I would echo your comments. So I thought... I thought it'd be something that I rated as a kid and then the rewatch would be like, ugh, this doesn't stand up very well. But it was watertight, mm. I would say. Um, I agree with both of you. It was an absolute joy to rewatch this. It was one of my favourites as a kid. I think it went through uh, a phase where it was probably my favourite movie. Oh, yeah. Nice. When, I was, when I was a little kid. And the jokes, it's one of those things, it's almost like when I rewatched The Simpsons, and there are jokes that I now understand that I didn't understand as a kid, but I just liked them anyway for the delivery. Mm-hmm. So there were so many jokes like that that I was like, oh, that's so well written. That's so funny. And yeah, it was just a joy from start to finish. I was just, I was lying in bed just giggling. It was great. Classic, just 90 minute 90s film. Mad cap caper. Yeah. So how many indiscretions would we give this out of seven? You know, wildly... So out of seven, okay, I was already thinking of the ten. So if I'm labelling it as indiscretions, I might even go six out of seven indiscretions. Mm, yeah, I could probably have that many indiscretions. Very, very yeah. high, but like I just loved watching it. It was just so fun, mm-hmm. you know, and funny. Mm-hmm. I would also give it a six, Whoa. but not a seven. No, not a seven. <laughs> Does anything get a seven? Uh, the amount of indiscretions that Samantha Cole had. Mm-hmm. Correct. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't think we've ever given full marks to anything. God, when will be the day? When will we watch the perfect film? Once we do, the podcast will be over. Mm, We'll have finally found the perfect movie. The perfect 90s, 80s or noughties film. (laughs) To be decided which decade we actually (laughs) consider on. And the title of the podcast. And everything of the podcast. (laughs) But that's for another day. Thanks for listening, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a little boy's special day You can wish for anything, Max What do you say? I wish that just for one single day My dad couldn't tell a lie Come what may A single indiscretion, or is that seven? Who cares about the truth in the eyes of the he just can't do to make them love him he'll just pull out the claw he's the greatest dad in the world because he can do the claw jerry can't do it and for him that's a massive flaw who could ever marry a man if he can't even do the claw Jerry. It's over. I can't explain it. It's like, yes, my ex-husband is a pathological liar. Yes, he's neglected my child on multiple occasions, but he's just got something about him. I don't know what it is, but I think it might be... I think it's the claw. 
your best, but not.